Did you see that they made a live action Clifford the Big Red Dog? Yeah, I'm concerned about that. Is there are there secret messages hidden in that thing? <laughs> Probably. How do you vaccinate a fucking dog like that? That's a big dog. <laughs> you. I never thought of. Clifford How do you have the enough doses dog? for the rabies vaccine for a Clifford the Big Red Dog? That's the next movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog with rabies. Gets rabies, and rabies rabies. has a a 0% survival rate. You're not going to survive rabies, and you don't even know if you have it sometimes for months. And then all of a sudden, you're dead. It's going to turn into the end of Lassie combined with Jaws. They're going to be like, we need a bigger shotgun. It's like... uh, what's the red where the red fern grows <laughs> oh God. but except for they keep having to shoot yes. they just keep having to go he won't go down like the in the godzilla did you see shin godzilla i did see shin godzilla where he absorbs the power you uh-huh. know so that would be like clifford maybe that's why his fur is it's not red because that's the color of the dog it's red because he's drenched in blood <laughs> are you recording yes oh that rips you know what i was thinking about on the way here how how if you uh, have a couple mosquitoes on your body, you don't really mind. Like if you go hiking, a couple uh-huh. mosquitoes there. But there's a lot of mosquitoes. You really start swiping at them. And I've been thinking about the mosquitoes in my life and like what what I am allowing to drink blood from me, and what I'm allowing to get their little bite. And what is the level where you start giving it, giving it a pop and right. knocking a few off. I don't know. That's big brain shit. But just think on that for a minute. I had a hell of a weekend, Peter. Damn. <laughs> I texted you right away when this weekend started, didn't I? You did. Do you want me to read that text? Can you read the text? I can. Oh my God. This is good. I want to know exactly how I put it. Because at this exact moment, and I'm going to be careful how I discuss this, not for any other reason, but honestly, he said the stuff. So he obviously wants this information out there, right? I just don't want, I don't want to put any, anybody else in a weird position. I will start by saying... You have the text pulled up now? I have it. All right, I want to hear this. So Thursday at 11.55, you texted me, strong episode this week so far, LOL. Full WCW legend Trump anti-vax speech in our hotel room. And I think I meant ECW legend. I know he was on WCW at one point, but I don't think that. And legend is loose at this point. Um, Yeah, so we... Upon landing, and God bless, you know, the staff are taking care of us. I landed in LaGuardia because I was going to Connecticut. I was doing, there's this huge trivia night that goes on at a bunch of places. Uh, But this one was in Connecticut, and they wanted to have a big wrestling show in conjunction with their beer-themed wrestling trivia party. It's called Best Trivia Ever. rules. Either way, I want to say this first before I even get to the anti-vaxxer speech. that happened um i took the exact same flight that i almost got arrested before this week that i did last week on the same time thursday same gate i got a redo and i passed flying colors no issues back to LaGuardia. either way we get in the room and like it's like that's lucy y'all lucy's hanging out being a wild little bastion but we can't blame her because the planetary alignments are disastrous right now okay so I do the flight, I get in, we're at the hotel. They said, you know, and I'm just, I'm going to use a fake name for him. I just decided. Um, uh, Dane Shuglis is this guy's name in this story. Dane Shuglis. And he immediately, within two minutes, starts yammering about, like, 
we let him come to our hotel room as with another talent and you'll figure it out eventually, but I don't want to put him in the spot. Uh, immediately goes into he's unvaccinated and it's forming the de-evolution of our human species and the vaccine is making us stupid and there's only a few places on blogs you can trust to get any real news to you and they're still finding hidden ballots for Trump that they've been trying to lock away in secret compartments and that Biden is uh, trying to get us comfortable. They put an old man there to get us comfortable with, with the system so that once we start de-evolving, we'll look at him like our grandpa or something. It was very that, but it was all day, and it was like weird article pull-ups. And what I'm trying to get at, I think, is like... Um, uh, I I'm think, sorry. Speaking of mosquitoes, there's one behind your head right now. Did I get him with my hair? Uh, he's on your shoulder. How does that happen? Did I make an, a mosquito? I here? think he did. Incredible stuff. Uh, he has all these articles. You know, he says all the lamestream media is locking us out. But I did notice that once the numbers game, once we were all in this van together, because we rode from New York in this van all the way to Connecticut, which is not that far, but it was stop and start traffic the whole time. None of that stuff came back up once they were like, a bunch of other younger wrestlers in the car. It was sort of like when he had the like control in the room of like, Oh, look who it is. It's, you know, Dane Shugless. Uh, he could talk all he wanted. And I pretended to be asleep and the poor other guy with me, you'll figure it out. The poor other guy with me, he had to listen to it and had to take it in. Cause I was already pretending to be asleep. I'd even tried to turn on chopped at this point. And at one point during a silent part, I exclaimed, I wonder what's going on with Guy Fieri. And I put on the TV <laughs> It was chopped instead, though, but it was fine. Either way, we get up to this trivia night, and I do want to mention this. Lex Luger was with us. Do you remember Lex Luger? No. Okay. This is And this is why I fucking love you, Peter, <laughs> and this is why I love my boyfriend so much. Did we talk last week about him no-selling one of the guys from The New Day? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, my friend came into town for his birthday. We're getting off topic, but I'm, I'll am i get Perfect. back to there. And I'm in no rush today. Uh, we went to see a concert for my friend's birthday called Name of Thrice. But across the hall at the Masquerade, Mega Ran was playing as well, who is uh, one of my friends from Twitch. He's a big wrestling fan. He's an incredible uh, music producer and DJ and hype man and rapper, especially rapper. And they were on their uh, tour right now, which I think is called The Four Nerds of the Apocalypse. And uh, shout out to Dark Lord Schaefer, who I got to meet him as well. Either way, I'm outside, and you know AJ. He's a little rowdy. It's my friend's birthday. We went. We saw Thrice. AJ loves Thrice now. because It's my favorite band now, Thrice. Wow. Um, That's surprising. We, it's, AJ and I bonded over our love of Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> he also loves Underos. So like, it's, <laughs> That's fantastic. He... he he described Touche Amore as if Underoath got rid of the red-haired guy and started being really angry. <laughs> and I said, I get it. Well, either way... That's pretty accurate. I, we had to have discussed this, did we not? Homeboy, Homeboy came up, uh, and I knew who it was right away because we've had plenty of discussions. But my boyfriend, just no-sell, no-sell. I tell him who it is. No-sell, no-sell. And then he's like... Uh, you look bigger on TV. Like it was very, it was, I was like, AJ, please, this is, <laughs> but luckily he, he laughed it off. Okay. Either way, back to this story. Lex Luger is there. He's the person who he saved America by slamming Yokozuna. 
on top of an aircraft carrier. He also rode around in a bus called the Lex Express. He's a real big, like, muscle dude. Okay. Did a backbreaker. I think him doing a backbreaker was in some TV show. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, he's in a wheelchair now, bound. And I thought it would be, I was like, oh, it's horrible to see him like this and to see this. But he was still so fun and pleasant and lovely and uh, met every single one of the fans. And I just want to say, like, I hope I have that courage one day. If I end up in a wheelchair, which we put the risk on the line every time. I'm not. I'm just objectively saying, like, it's a possibility. As Ricky Morton would say, Halabusa broke his neck there. You take risks in this ring. People have accidents and things happen. And Lex Luger is valiant in the face of this challenge. And it was wonderful to see him still lighting the fans share memories and doing that. And he was there appearing, but I had a match with uh, Caleb with a K Conley and they fucked my music up. And the guy was so apologetic afterwards, but it gave me like fire in my soul and it made the show great. And then I got to see uh, some of my Twitch friends at this show. I mean, this show is very pleasant. The way this day started in this sort of paranoid sense of anti-vax rumor was odd, but everything else was made so easy. Shout out to man scout, Jake Manning, who, did a lot of the coordination on this. Uh, the match was really great. Caleb with a K. We we were in the car and we realized me, Zicky Dice, Caleb with a K Conley, and Shane Douglas, uh, who was also on the show. We haven't mentioned him yet. All had blonde hair. We were like the fumes <laughs> of blonde hair, of bleach blonde hair in this car. It is unbelievable. But it worked out. Got to meet a lot of the people. Got to do a little schmiz. Got to smoke a little schmiz with some people, which was sick. And got some beautiful soaps from Nikki Homicide, soaps and fragrances, which one of them I proceeded to immediately drop while I was taking pictures with fans. I was FaceTiming people from my phone down my pants, like total darkness, obviously. But like Alley Cat and Brett from GCW were like, why are you FaceTiming us in darkness and we can hear you talking about pictures and it's Thursday night and you keep yelling Connecticut. And I'm like, just, (laughs) I'm getting through it as we've discussed the planetary alignment right now, folks, foggy as a motherfucker. And this is Thursday and we're clearing up now, but my God. Either way, those guys had to get out of there the next day, but I didn't have anywhere to be because my flight didn't take off till 8 p.m. Friday night to go to Ohio. So I basically, I had this hotel and I wandered the city all day. I took in New York. I didn't answer any calls. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't tell anyone I was there. And we discussed it a minute ago, but I went and saw that movie, Titan, which I think it's like Titan with an E, but I like pronouncing it like this. And it was fucking lit. What do you know about this movie? Uh, I saw a tweet that said something about someone fucking a car. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much all I needed to know that this is my kind of movie. Have you ever seen that SNL skit with Stefan where he talks about the new nightclubs? I Maybe. uh, I've seen most Stefan skits. With Bill Hader? Yeah. Well, you've seen Stefan before. Well, this, this movie has everything girl killing man with chopsticks high stakes car flesh dancing high stakes car and truck fucking steroid abuse lost sons murder firefighters having ecstasy parties death overdose and the finish you won't even believe it i'm not giving it away t-tane in theaters now what a ploy on beautiful family and masculine identity. I really enjoyed the film. And it made me feel very New York to go into Manhattan and wander and then go into a little theater and see everything. And 
I even went and ate at a sweet green like I was Ariana Grande on tour and got some kind of sweet potato kale thing. And I was like, girl, am I New York now? Like, do I have to start a carry blog? Like, do I have to get my, you know, my this is the spirit of the city in me or am I fighting something greater than my opponents in the ring? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like it could go that way. But I had a beautiful day in New York. I then became... So I have this, and I'm sure you can fill me in a little more on this and spiritually where this is and the truth of this, where whenever you see something in a city where you are like, oh, well, that's so Boston to see a guy at the shipyard yelling about oyster, oysters or something mm-hmm. like you would be like, that's a real Boston thing. Well, New York, I would think like, oh, well, that's it's just New York to see someone complaining about a hot dog. Right. Like you'd be like, right. Well, I'm obviously I'm at the airport. I'm pretty hungry. And I order at this very expensive little area in LaGuardia. And I get back to my gate and I realize I did have my French fries. I did not have my hot dog. Why I was craving a hot dog, I don't know. And at a later point in the weekend, I said, I've had five hot dogs this weekend and I'm going for seven. I want to let them know I only got to five. But I don't know. Sometimes, and I think this is this is not the spiritual thing I was going to ask you, which is why do I crave hot dogs occasionally? I'll tell you what. We'll figure that one out later. Uh, but... The, the real thing was when you see these people and you notice these things and you go, of course, the New Yorkers complaining about a hot dog. It's all myth. And I was pulled into this story of portraying hot dog New Yorker at this exact moment for other people who were traveling through. There was like a spirit that guided me to say, hey, right now you've got to fill this role in this part of the environmental of New York uh, airports. And we need you to complain to this woman about my French fries are in the bag, but I swear to you, I didn't get a hot dog. I didn't get it. Look at the receipt. Look, look at the receipt. I didn't get the hot dog. Why would I lie to you? Do you not have the hot dog back there? I know you just forgot to put it in the bag. So I became the, I, it's just like you're, it, it was almost like I was guided back into it. And you're like, is every interaction I get of a place ever truly authentic of that place or is are we all just being sucked into a spiritual role and i was hot dog complaining new york guy at this moment yes see exactly so you don't have to get that deep on it but it is i am looking at you with interest right now for sure it uh it really what it boils down to is that we're all playing stories and i know it's something that gets like kind of thrown around but if you look at everything from a deeply mystical perspective everything is just stories and roles that you're playing and then you plug in the idea of every city having like an essential grid so that's like the um collective unconscious for a specific area and new york's is really 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 specific yeah and so it's entirely possible that like you get forced into because i mean you're getting forced into playing roles all the time like one of the fun things to think about is how uh at different points in your life you're constantly the bad guy regardless of trying to be the bad guy or not that it's a role you fulfill for people and that like the image that you're putting out there is ultimately out of your control. And so it's actually better to let go of those things, which yeah. I think you understand intrinsically. Yeah. I didn't so like hold it, on to any of it. It makes it easier for you to play hot dog guy because the universe goes, this person's interested in playing a bunch of roles. So you get to be hot yeah. dog guy. While well, I got to be guy escorted by the cops through the airport exactly. the week before. Uh-huh. And yeah, I th- someone said something to me the other day about you've done this scene a hundred times, you know? <laughs> or maybe I said that on the pod. I don't know. I my brain isn't always a hundred percent in the zone on when I heard things or said things. So here we are. Um, 
the whole mood shifted, but I have to say this as a piece of advice to everyone, but yes, including wrestlers. If you're getting flights as a wrestler, please make sure you're getting your flight mile number and you're getting your rewards for your flight number because you're the one actually flying these miles. And I know people are buying them on their cards and stuff, but they can put your frequent flyer number on it. So, but what I'm saying is I flew from LaGuardia to Columbus, Ohio, first class, man. And I looked crazy. Like, <laughs> so I get in the airport and the guy goes, take off your hoodie. And I said, okay. And I'm wearing a crop top that says God tried Effie that I literally had on since the match. Cause I, whatever I am wearing these little pants. I have no socks on. So I'm my, my foot tattoos and my nail polish are showing and I'm just, he goes, you can put it back on. You're only wearing half a shirt. And I was like, I'm not covering <laughs> this up now, man. And then I slide into that seat number three on the plane. And I just get to sit there and look absolutely crazy while people go who is this and why is he in first class because some people you see they've got their little macy suit on or whatever and you're like well maybe he just is a business traveler but then you see some people you're like i wonder if i've heard that guy's song before and i just wonder like especially i've got my arm bandaged sometimes i'm like looking crazy and now i'm sitting in first class at columbus ohio they're going what the hell's going on with this guy who knows it was pleasant i slept a little I got my spirit because I needed it because I was about to jump into a completely fucking different situation. Like my weekends feel like that Monty Python sketch, you know? And now for something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really even a sketch. It's a segue, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. So I land and I get Which picked up. Which is literally the universal. <laughs> that like that should be the universal segue. It is. You can yeah. Do whatever the Listen, fuck they've you said want a lot there. of good things, you know, always look on the bright side of life. And then now for something completely different. And uh, it is but a flesh wound. That's one of my favorites, Monty Python. All right, well, shout out to Griff. Uh, he picked me up at the Columbus Airport late, late night uh, for SRG Universe, which I learned a lot about and we're about to talk about. It is a wrestling card game, which I was like, how do you play a wrestling card game? He picks me up, it's like 10 something. I'm staying at the Hilton attached to the conference center in Columbus. And there are so many thousands of people still at this place at 11 p.m. or whatever it is when we walk into the conference hall, still playing board games. This is a board game convention. And every type of board game you can imagine with every type of setup and every type of world and spaceships and elves and dwarves and craziness, all around, all playing, free play till like 1 a.m. Goodness. Now, I also did have to deal, and I, they wanted the masks on us, which I'm fine with, right? honor and respect but this girl comes up to me security guard with the mask down from her nose and says you gotta put your mask on and i was like girl so do you you gotta put your mask on you're not helping anything also i need to vape so back up and i'm in a convention hall chill i didn't say all that but i let her walk and i continued my vaping so srg universe now features effie as a playable uh competitor and so there are championships and there are characters and some of the super fans of this game and super players of this game also are included in this game. So they have their own cards too. And so all the cards are different and crazy, but the way the game is structured is a dice and card game where you, it built the tension and pace of this game builds much like a wrestling match. And it feels very crazy. It is wild that the gameplay does that. So the, the night before, I did get to run into a good uh, buddy of mine, Madman Fulton. Shout out Madman Fulton. Shout out Impact Wrestling for 
giving him money, give him more money, uh, give him all the money. Uh, Madman Fulton, we hung out and he was like, dude, the game's actually fun. And I was like, what? He's like, the game is so fun. And I was like, all right. So the next day I go to this convention and I do want to mention this. I jogged a mile to go get eight by tens made. And thank God I did because it was the only merch I had all weekend. And God bless y'all for dealing with me. I jogged to the FedEx and I said, dude, can you just print me? Please, God, help me. Please print these pictures. He's like, I got you. You're good. Got them. Got back to the convention center. Changed fully into my gimmick. Like I was all the way effy, full jacket, cropped, trunks, boots, living it. Wandering in and I played a championship game. And here's the problem with this championship game the first the first match i played i lost all right and then the second match i played was for the championship but the key with this intergalactic srg universe super show championship is once you use a competitor card against this champion he can never challenge that champion for this belt again so like if you're Susie hi-fi and you bought my card and you wanted to challenge this guy you can't you can't use my card anymore so i really i lost and i blew it for everyone who's gonna buy my card but a lot of people did and some people said to me Board game fans are very passionate, but also very honest, I learned. One, I did defend myself and have a conversation with someone who did not like me because I beat up that 11-year-old girl three years ago, much like Matt Cardona, who I took his internet championship. He had to issue with it, and Lance Storm and Xbox and everyone else who wanted to talk shit. And someone asked me if is Matt Cardona's wife, Chelsea, good at getting your match? And I said she was probably more pissed at me for the Izzy thing than anything. Highly doubt that. Highly doubt she wants to participate in my career. Um, but either way, I got to speak that out with him. I got to deal with that. And we got over it and we hugged and he let me smoke a little. And uh, then I lost this championship match and it was not good. Some people kept coming up to me though and they'd be like, sign the card. They get bonuses. You get bonuses in the game with these signed cards. So there's an incentive to sign the cards for these competitors, which I didn't know that. And I've been signing them for free, but like y'all got to pay up because y'all just got game advantage and I'm giving it to you with my own flesh. And they say, I don't even really like you, but your card seems like it's going to play really well. Cause that's like a super secret finish. That's like very effective or something. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, this is better for me to hear than anything else. And I, I, I joke that I usually keep friends around who are meaner to me than other people because after like sort of metaphorically having your dick sucked all day long for 28 hours a day, it's it's nice to hear someone go like, you ain't shit. And you're like, I know, God, finally someone, you're right, I ain't shit. Um, so God bless the SRG universe. I had a blast. And I told him, I said, listen, bro, you got to put a wrestling ring in the middle of this board game convention. And here's why. Maybe you do three wrestling matches, maybe. But if you're playing the finals of your board game in the middle of that wrestling ring with announcers and with people around it seeing it and with cameras, like we were streaming, I streamed to Twitch one of those championship matches that was so intense. Heavyweight championship of SRG changed at the conclusion of this Festivus. And it was sick. I got a few trinkets from the you know game fair. It was very awesome. But also it's very cool to be told you look great and people want to take pictures with you while I'm in my gimmick who don't have any idea who you are. Where you're walking around, they're just like, you look incredible. You look so gay. Can we get a picture? And you're like, they don't even know I'm Effie. They don't even care. I don't even have to get into it with them. They just want to take a cool picture with someone at the board game convention that they saw. And that's like the most pure form of like the entertainment aspect of this is like, go bring joy to the people who are at the board game convention. That was my job for the day. It, I had two jobs for the day, actually. Because God bless her. Brooke, God bless you. 
She's a trainee at AIW Wrestling, and she drove uh, me from Columbus to Akron, Ohio, because I took a double booking on top of the board game convention to go fight at Absolute Intense Wrestling, which I've wanted to have match have matches there for many years. I've attempted it in the past. And then this year I was booked again, but COVID knocked them out of the running. So this venue, I'm going to show you this venue because it's, I showed it to Will, our good friend Will, who watched the dog this weekend. Let me, while I pull this picture up, let me ask you this question. How was it hanging out with the dog gang of all dog gangs this weekend? Lucifer, Bebop, and Cranberry. Oh, there it's, I feel bad for Will because he has a, what, a six month old puppy and Cranberry the tank who <laughs> <laughs> uh, could possibly be the infinite energy source that we've been looking for on yeah, the planet. She, she is all energy. Yeah. So they're just like going the whole time. There's no stopping those two. And then you've got Lucy out there too, who's a bundle of joy, a bundle of energy. So this is the Shriners Hall where we had the show. And there's an actual live koi fish pond in this venue. What? It's incredible. It fits so many people in it. And it has this desert theme. The Tadmore Shriners Hall in Akron, Ohio. Uh, And I went in and I fought uh, TKD. Now TKD, I'm going to call him Tom from now on. But that's his gimmick is TKD. He is, I believe, openly bisexual or pansexual now. And I get to be in this weird position, not that I'm speaking as some great sensei or leader here, uh, where people go, hey, this person, we think they have some really good potential. You're a gay boy. They're kind of gay now. You want to come do some stuff? And I go, yeah. And so I get to come in, and it sort of does the booking job for me down the line of like, I'm being introduced to these talent, not just by meeting them or seeing a video. Like I'm going in and wrestling them where their home is and at their comfort zone. I'm getting to see them in front of their normal people and I'm getting to pull what I can out of the situation. And we had a blast. And I will say this, I slapped that man's chest so fucking hard. And I'll tell you what, if I like you, I have been pumping some chest strikes in and I don't, maybe this is a mental thing, but like Trevor outlaw in Chicago, the poor boy, I mean, one chop across the chest and I made his chest bleed. I popped something. And this man, he, at one point we were just back and forth and he's hitting me with these chest kicks cause he does, uh, Baekwondo, I think. And I'm slapping him back and he's hunkering over and I'm like, get up baby. And he's like, Oh, he showed me the bruise after. And it's just like pure handprint. And then I get, I wake up the next day. I'm like, why do my hands hurt a little bit? I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming for the chop crown. Um, and we're going to talk about chops in a second because, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to short this part of the story because the AIW locker room was so incredible. Like when I go down, who's in that locker room, Dom Garini's out on injury right now, but he's producing the show now with, with the uh, main team. I mean, typically you've got guys like Colin Delaney and Cheech there, which I think they were doing TV this week for AEW. Uh, you've got the Philly Marino experience. You've got uh, Matt Justice and Bill Alfonso. Which Fonzie, dude, I you don't know Fonzie, but Fonzie's like the real deal ECW legend. The manager of champions, managed RVD, managed Sabu, managed Matt Justice. It's always been ready for TV, Daddy. Daddy, what you got for me tonight? Thanks for helping me out back there, Daddy. Hell yeah. You want to whistle, Daddy? You want to whistle? I signed the whistle for the kids. I said, Bill, it's so crazy to me to see kids in the year 2021 
running around blowing that whistle like I wanted to do when I was seven in 1997, 1998, when you were blowing that fucking whistle around on ECW. And he goes, Danny, Bill Alfonso, he's going to do it. He's going to do it forever. We're going to give it to the, ch- the kids. The kids love it. I mean, Bill Alfonso was out there bleeding still. And he's like, he's been doing this so long, it's incredible. And he is... I'm sorry if my Bill Alfonso impression doesn't do him justice. I mean, only love and respect for Bill Alfonso. But he did give me a whistle, and I gave it to AJ with his presence, and I think he liked it. It's like a very custom Bill Alfonso packaged whistle. Uh, AIW was great, and then this poor poor Brooke. She had to drive me all the way back to Columbus because I said, I, I can't change my flight. Uh, the locker room was great. I saw Thunder Rosa as well. And y'all, support Thunder Rosa. Support Mission Pro Wrestling. I know she's an AEW superstar now. Her meet-and-greet line was I mean, around the freaking building. Uh, although I did make them extend intermission because I was the first match after intermission. And I said, extend intermission. I'm going to keep selling pictures. <laughs> Me and Thunder Rosa had a great night. Uh, and here's here's where I have to... This will be the last part I say before I talk about going back. Because I had a, I had a very enjoyable experience at AIW. But I was being fed information and I was a little confused all night. Because Matt Cardona was also booked on this show. Like in a championship match for something else. And I obviously had my internet championship there. I won my match at AIW and I wanted to put my internet championship on the line. And I was told by management, not by Cardona himself, not by anybody that I could not have the belt out. It should not leave my bag. It does not need to be a part of our show because Cardona requested that there be no mention made that you're either internet champion or that you're feuding with him here because he needs to focus on his match. And this locker room is not huge. And we were all around each other all night. Shout out the main event too. I got to see those guys. They are gigantic and muscular and in better shape than I've ever seen them. This is, there's two main events. There's a main event circus main event. Shout out to them too. But also there's the main event giant main event. And these dudes are giant. Uh, But Cardona disappeared to his own room and he did not see me all night. My match was fifth. I think his match was ninth. So we didn't even run into each other by the curtain. And he would not confront me. He would not say anything. Either way, I'm really not trying to plug a match. I'm trying to let people know that he's a fucking weirdo. But I also figured out, like, I think he's Shazam or Shazam's friend. Because, like, he's clearly interacts with everyone like he's a 12-year-old. But he's in a giant muscle man tan body and he does cool tricks. So, like... He collects action figures of any type and then also makes himself his own gold-plated belts and is now throwing temper tantrums and locking himself in his room. Like It's very 12-year-old behavior, like Shazam without powers necessarily kind of a thing. Either way, thank you, Brooke, for bringing me home. Cardona's a fucking weirdo. Uh, This Saturday, I have to face him again. I got my entrance gear for the match this Saturday. Holy shit, people are going to... I don't trend number one in the freaking United States with this entrance. It's foolish. It's absolutely foolish. She brought me all the way back to Columbus. I hopped and did a quick, I know, I did a quick shower, did a quick change, because then I just had to go right to the airport. I flew out at six. Lucy, this next part of the story, you got to understand, Lucy, that the next part of this story, I know you're warning me to speak very, very carefully about, because I did not speak carefully last week, but everything is now resolved. Lucy actually knows what she's talking about here, Peter. I'm going to be honest with you. She always does, somehow. I did not sleep. Lucy knows this. And I landed in St. Louis, Missouri. And prior to this, I had to get all the blood work and physicals. And this was the doctor at this time. He was like, when was this physical form printed? I was like, I don't know. And he goes, well, 
they don't even call it this anymore. You know, they call it, they call it seizures now. You know, they, it's, it's not called fits. Do, do you have fits? <laughs> and he said, why? He said, I said, I have to jump a hundred times. He said, what? I said, read it right there. It says, you have to measure my heart rate. I have to jump a hundred times. Then you have to measure my heart rate. He goes, this is absurd. I said, yeah, well, this was a while ago when I got it done, but my heart rate didn't go up that much because I'm incredible in ring cardio. Uh, I get to Missouri and they've got the big free speech booth in the airport, which is sick. There's a booth that says free speech booth. Anybody can set up there and pass out pamphlets and things and talk wow. to people. But I was meeting a motley crew of characters at this airport. I was meeting Allie Catch, my tag team partner, and Bussy. Bussy is everything. Everyone has a Bussy. I was meeting Danhausen, very nice, very evil Danhausen. What do you know about Danhausen? Uh, he's been on Conan. He's been on Conan. There we go. See, Danhausen, known around the world. Shout out Danhausen. Shout out very nice, very evil. Shout out Allie Catch. And shout out Minoru Suzuki. The fucking literal Japanese murder grandpa. Now you remember where our story ended last time. I had a bit of a, a bit of an issue surrounding not him, but just white dudes getting in my face that were not Minoru Suzuki, that were near him. But today it was just him and Allie and Danhausen, and those two are two of my best friends in wrestling. I'll say that genuinely, and they're people I can go to with any concern. I can go to with worries. I can go to with joy. I can share. And here we are, and Suzuki-san says, let's go smoke. And I'm telling you, the man smokes the green American spirits. I know Japanese people love smoking cigarettes, and I don't smoke them a lot. I smoke them, you know, as a, as a pleasure point over the weekend sometimes. Y'all know. You'll catch me occasionally. And we go out to the smoking section, and I'm watching this man. He lights up two full American spirits while we're out there because we're having a wait. And this is a big part of this is like, there's a lot of waiting going on. And we learned about each other's patiences through this because the person coming to pick us up said, no, can you meet us up here at this place? And I said, dude, I'm not going to say out loud why I don't need to. You, this is where you need to meet me. You need to meet me at the smoking section. I'm not walking this man around the airport. I'm not walking the Japanese legend on his American tour all over this fucking airport while he's trying to stand here and smoke cigarettes at the spot he's allowed to do it at. And he wouldn't get it. He didn't understand it. He just... And so then we get in the car and I said, can we get food? I said, Suzuki-san, he's hungry. He said, he's hungry. We're hungry. Dan Housing goes, I'm hungry. I'm hung very hungry. So I said, any kind of diner, anything easy. So well, my friends own this restaurant. So, okay, great. Let's go. Dog, we, I will say this first, bacon. Me and Suzuki both love bacon. Now everybody loves bacon, but it was nice to hear like he wanted more bacon. Mm. When a man says he wants more bacon, you give the man more bacon. Uh, but we wait for a full hour outside at a picnic table for this food to come. I'm not going to mention the name. I don't, I'm not going to. And I, at one point, get up. And I, like, go look in the kitchen. And I look around. I come back out. And I'm like, I, there's nobody even in there. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's, it's crazy. And then I'm trying to apologize. I'm like, Suzuki, sorry for the wait. We're like, very sorry. We didn't know. We're, we're mad as well. We want our food. He says, fine, it's fine. And then a few more minutes pass, and he goes, I'm going to the kitchen. <laughs> and he goes, forearms. And he starts holding up his arm like he's going to beat him up. And then he starts laughing. And I said, see, Suzuki, Effie, we're the same. We're the same. Where's the food? 
fight some kids? I said, you'll fight kids, won't you? And he goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go, see? And, and this is where he laughed. I go, slow in the ring. <laughs> and, I, and he laughed. So we did have our Suzuki brunch time, which was lit. He was incredible, him and Davey Richards. And at Glory Pro, I was in a scrumple match. Do you know what a scrumple match is? No. It's me saying scramble match wrong. And a scramble match means there's usually six or seven or 30 competitors in it. Not 30, but you know. And one pinfall to a finish. So even though there's all these people, the first person to get an actual pinfall, they're the winner. So everybody else loses if you don't get the pin. What's is it? What's the pinfall? You know, like when they go one, two, okay. and they kick okay. out. Yeah, it seemed very basic. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. I you know, like you, you, The parts during the match where we hug each other, right. but we can't do it too long, or yeah. daddy will make us stop. Yeah. That's how I think of wrestling is, okay. now I got to hug him, but not for too long, or daddy will make it stop. That's why I'll let him kick out sometimes. So we keep having to tussle. Hey, there's two ways to get to know a man, all right? They're, they both start with an F, and one of them's fighting. So... I like the fight to continue if I'm not going to get anything else. You know what I mean? I want to get punched in the face. I want to know what you feel like at full speed. Back to this. Uh, scramble match. There's a lot of guys in the scramble match. And that included this fella ATM and his buddy. And they ripped my fucking fishnets off of me. It included Cody Lane, who's gigantic, and jumped on top of me while I was thrown onto a guardrail. Uh, included Dan the Dad, who did nothing to help me, and we got jumped on by a giant man named Davey Bang, who chugs Bang energy drinks and then jumps on people. Eric Cannon didn't help me at all, even though I beat him up a little bit, which so I guess that makes sense. He actually flapjacked my face out of the ring with Dan the Dad. They were very unhelpful. And I had to kick everybody in the face, but no one would let me win. But clearly, I had a very good time, because uh, afterwards, I ate a whole nerd's rope. They said it's 5.30, and you got to go home, brother. You got to get out of here. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me go sell some merchandise. So I almost missed my flight because I wanted to make a few extra dollars on pictures. I wanted to hang out with the Glory Pro fans. But I did not miss my flight. I made my flight. It was beautiful. I landed. It was so easy. And then Will, who was watching Cranberry for the weekend, he said, I'll come pick you up. I said, this is so sweet. AJ had left our car with him just so he would have some transport. And I get back and every flight in America has landed at one time. And I stood at the baggage claim for a whole nother hour. Oh shit. Just stood there. And I was like, this retrograde is the foggy fog of waiting. This is a waiting game. I had to wait around through vaccine talk. I had to wait around for breakfast with Suzuki-san. I had to wait for my luggage. I had to wait, you know, to get to these shows in between. It was just a waiting game, but I did wait, and it was perfect, and I made it. I made it through this thing, and it was a working man's weekend. And guess what? My turnaround, the turnaround gets less every week, Peter. We find our moments because they're important, and we need them, and people need to hear this. We're figuring this out. People are really being moved by our passions here. But I'm having so much less time in between. Like, I fly out tomorrow night to fly back Thursday to wrestle in Atlanta. I can't even tell people what I'm doing Wednesday and Thursday. It's a, It would be illegal if I told people because of the NDA what I am doing Wednesday and Thursday. It's incredible. And then I'm coming. I have to fly into my own hometown as of now to wrestle in my own hometown, which is the most Mercury retrograde shit I've ever heard. 
which is you finally are booked in an easy position in your hometown. Hey, you're going to have to rush there from the airport after a day of full work where you're going to start shooting at 7 a.m. Crazy. Then Friday, I, I fly out again at 6 a.m., and I'm going to Pittsburgh for Enjoy Wrestling to fight Billy Dixon, who was talking shit last night about, you didn't cut enough promos for the matches, you didn't cut enough promos for these matches. Let me be clear. It is an honor right now for people to be included in this run that I am having. I am, You know me. I'm on a, a legendary nonstop run. And you know, there's that thing happening in a few weeks too. You know, well, you know. I talked to somebody, you know. You remember I had a little conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one's coming. But this fucking weekend, after Enjoy, Billy saying, oh, you didn't do enough. Be fucking honored, Billy Dixon, that you're a part of my run right now. And that I'm putting the Fest Championship on the line before the biggest weekend of my career. Where I have to prove myself to ex-WWE nonces. And what I've found, I'm speaking a bit impassioned here, but I have noticed this. And I do constantly check in on myself and make sure where I'm centered and make sure where I really am, am at. And... What is beautiful is that there is no negative reaction for me at all uh, when I am validated by these people who have historically not validated me. And some would say, well, you get better over time. You get this over time. You do this and this. But I'm doing a lot of the same things I've always done just in front of a few more people now. But they were still talking about it then. And they're talking about it now. And I feel neutrality towards the validation. And I think that is... That is where the real growth is, is I'm glad you're on board for the ride. I knew you would be. And here we are. And of course I proved myself. And you patting me on the back and saying, who knew you had it in you? That's incredible. You're magic. It doesn't affect me positively or negatively. And this weekend I do have to put the internet championship up, my internet championship up. And everybody's talking about John Moxley and Nick Gage. And historically they're, it's big. Moxley's the biggest name in, parts of wrestling for people but look at the facts guys i bruno san martino held a belt for eight years this fucking mark matt cardona made himself a belt and gave it validation it was recognized by the united states government he still hasn't given me the certificate that says that he is recognized by the united states government this is the real internet championship i beat him in a real match for it I have to log on to twitter every 20 minutes because he doesn't take adderall and he's just constantly fucking tweeting about me He had a 14-year career at the largest wrestling company in the world that some would at that point consider a monopoly and now is toppling tremendously under pressure. And y'all are all coming to fucking Effie now. And I won the belt, and I'll give you your shot, but I'm sick of it. And you're a part of a larger symptom, Cardona, of all these boys coming out going, oh, if he's making money on the indies, so can I. But you boys don't know how this business works because you've been fed from the teat for the entirety of your career. You have been sucking from the teat of the yes, sir. I mean, shit, you'd have you'd have closer experience trying to go to the Air Force than coming to the Indies after leaving WWE because you were just all military boys taking instruction. And when you pull people off of the Indies where they have been doing their own and creating their own and storyboarding their own with characters that come from them. And you go, stop all that. We're going to do that for you. And they wonder why the Kool-Aid tastes so fucking watered down. Welcome to the jungle, boys. 
I don't have laws of, of entertainment to follow out here. I don't wait for commercial breaks. I don't wait to be featured. I take everything by the fucking cajones, Peter. It's what I do. And now they are real hungry to see if they can do it, but they've never had to put in the work that I put in. Yeah, I got a world build from fucking top to bottom. I got to run my business. I got to do every part and every aspect of my business. And when you say, oh, it's so much work and I wish I could do this, dog, we're here. Maybe Cardona understands that. He's got his own podcast. He's got his own YouTube. He originally was the YouTube guy. He was the YouTube guy. Oh. Oh. But what happens to the YouTube guy? Same thing that happens to the Twitch guy when you work for WWE. If it ain't his, you don't own it. And if it's working for you, we're not going to. And he got faced with that decision of my YouTube's working but this is the big company and he picked the teat and he kept sucking from the teat and they pushed him off a stage and they cucked him in front of John Cena. And now John Cena has an HBO max show and you're working with the fucking internet champion Effie. Now where your career will go and where my career will go is yet to be seen Cardona. But when it comes to the validations, when it comes to the issues, when it comes to you acting like you're putting me on the map, Dog, 2 million followers with a 0.03% engagement rate does not touch what I do in resale value, in ROI, in ticket sales, in drawing, and in actually inspiring people to be their best selves versus bowing into capitalism at a high level. Zach Ryder is telling you to buy other people's toys, and I am telling you to participate in a sustainable capitalism that supports me. He's telling you to give the WWE money after they have fired him and telling you to keep collecting their good. This is, I could ramble on too long here, Peter. As you can see, GCW this weekend, Fight Club, the after party or whatever it's called. I'm fighting Cardona. People have a lot of thoughts about me. They have a lot of thoughts about Cardona. They can think what they want. They can admit why they bought the pay-per-view. Gage Mox is going to be a bloody fucking fest. But I'm about to give y'all Brett and Sean in 97 without all the boring parts. So buckle the fuck up, America, and buckle the fuck up, Matt Cardona. And uh, last but not least, Fandango, I know where you fucking stay, bro. Don't come for me. All right. Uh, Effie lives on Twitter. Effie lives on Instagram. Effie lives on Twitch. Effie lives on Pro Wrestling Tees. Weekend at Effie's at gmail.com. We have to discuss this real quick. Yes. Ask us a question. And ask Peter questions, too. I know I didn't give you much room to speak this week, nor do I really ever. But your insight is always uh, helpful for me. I appreciate that. And I think you've, the thing is, as we've said, the breadcrumbs here of sort of revealing everything, it won't happen all at once. But if you guys have questions, we would love to hear them. But I did say this, and Peter, you can confirm this. I don't want to see the email. I'm putting you in charge of this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know the questions ahead. I don't want to know it's going to be brought up. I don't want to know who it's from. I want to know just what people are curious about. So write in, I will read the emails, I will pick it. And it's just going to be a question that gets asked. So you have to wait till the end of every podcast to see if we did. In fact, if Taylor answered your question. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Weekend at Taylor's at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weekend at Effie's at gmail.com. I don't care, Peter. I just think it's funny. Um, it is my name, but it is the one my mother gave me. I didn't, you know, it's a great name. I'm named after my great-grandmother. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Olga Taylor Widenhouse, I believe Your was her name. Your great-grandmother's name was William? No, no. Every man in my family on both sides has been named William, but Olga Taylor Widenhouse was my great-great-wait, is it two greats? No, just my great-grandmother, yeah. Olga Taylor Widenhouse. Okay. Yeah. And Carl Widenhouse died in a speedboat race. Damn. We've talked about that before, right? I don't think so. See, you always say the little stuff at the end. So here, this is, I've been thinking on this, and this is big. Let's put this at the end. My grandfather was not only someone who was building roads in North Carolina throughout the 40s and 50s, he was also a speedboat racer. His name was Carl Widenhouse. All right. And Carl Widenhouse died in a boat crash. It exploded. He died out on the water. Wow. He was a speedboat racer, and he did really well. Like, there's New York Times articles about him. There's North. He's in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And my grandmother at this time, Betty, later known as later known as Ike, and I don't. No one would ever tell me why. Shirt and Ike, my grandparents. She was always very cautious, but she saw the explosion and the wreck happen. And the only remnant left in the house was this one trophy with a speedboat on top of it, but they would never talk about it with me. They would never bring it up. Turns out she, when this wreck happened, was pregnant with my father five months. So she's like in the middle of her pregnancy. I think the surge of hormone releases, I think the surge of, of the shock and of the sadness and all of, all of that, I think it got into my dad. And so I think both my grandmother and my father were very cautious about things, not in a way that was debilitating at all, but they were much more cautious in their decision-making in how they were more uh, economically and family conservative to make sure things were taken care of and a little less likely to take huge risks. And I think there was always that trepidation that sort of stemmed from when you take these risks, you might die in a boat wreck. And my dad never saw it, but he was inside of her body when it occurred. And so what I'm saying is, I think I'm a little more Carl Widenhouse than I've ever admitted. And the more research I have done, it's not that far-fetched that as the grandchild of two pastors and the great-grandchild of a speedboat daredevil racer, uh, I'm sort of hitting all the marks on recognizing that there's nothing wrong with knowing that some of these things do come from historical bloodlines. But also, you gotta, you got to take the risks on your own. If I die in a speedboat, I hope my kids will at least talk about it. Cranberry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Okay, you want to hear something crazy? Please. So, you know, of course, we have similarities. My parents are missionaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandfather on my mother's side was a comedy writer. He used what? to He used to write for Bob Hope. Oh, my God. Um, and <laughs> he was a, a, he used to race Jaguars, like the old Jag race Like cars. the cars? Uh-huh. Like the, yeah. And, like a little two-door um, coupe mm-hmm. speed. And James Dean was on his racing team. And what? on the way to a race, he watched James Dean die in the car accident that obviously killed him. <laughs> Who would have guessed that, that James Dean is the reason you spent your childhood in Africa? I bet we could track it to it. Mm-hmm. I bet we could track this to being to the. We were talking about events earlier and and uh, historically conscious and subconscious altering events that have sort of altered the reality we're in now. How many of these strange tales, you know, how many weaves of lining of story did that one wreck create? But really, I mean, that's source material. What if that's incredible? Mm-hmm. God, dude, are you James Dean? 
I don't know. Sometimes I think I am. Sometimes the vessel gets a little restless. But he'll handle it. He'll be fine. Lucy, I love you. Let's end it there. <laughs> Cut it. Just fuck him. <laughs>